نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله where the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone, and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger we'd like to continue this evening uh, in I think our fourth lecture concerning the explanation of the essay of al-imam Ibn Qudama rahimahullah his essay entitled Lum'atul Itiqad The Radiance of the Faith Al-Hadi Ila Sabeel Ar-Rashad The Guidance or the Guide to the Straight Way And as we mentioned previously in the introduction to the book that uh, this essay or Risala Lum'atul Itiqad it is a summary of some of the important beliefs that have been agreed upon by the scholars of Ahl Sumrah Jama'ah and which has been written in the essays of all of the scholars from the earliest generations of the Muslims until our time. Uh, last week we began with the first two points from the book in which Al-Imam Ibn Qadama Rahimahullah begins or begins his essay uh, with some words related to the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat or the Tawheed related to the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his exclusive right to be named by Al-Asma Al-Husna the good names that are mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah and As-Sifat Al-Uliya or the exalted characteristics or qualities which he has also been described by either in the Quran or the authentic Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and we mentioned the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Qurama point number one after Bismillah Rahman Rahim he says, Alhamdulillah al-Mahmud bi kulli lisan al-Ma'bud fi kulli zaman al-Ladhi la yakhlu min ilmihi makan wa la yushghiruhu sha'nun an sha'n That praise belongs to Allah, the one who is praised on every tongue or who deserves to be praised by everyone. Al-Ma'bud fi kulli zaman, the one who is worshipped in every time or who deserves to be worshipped at every time. الذي لا يخلو من علمه مكان the one who has knowledge of everything in every place there is no place that he doesn't have knowledge of what is happening there 
ولا يشغله شأن من شأن and nothing occupies him no matter or affair occupies him uh, or distracts him or keeps him away from another affair but Allah is able to control all the affairs and he is not busied by any of it جل عن الأشباء والأنداد until he is highly exalted and free from their being ascribed to him any equal, similar or opponent وتنزه عن الصاحبة والأولاد and he is also highly removed from any attribution of their being for him a partner, a wife or children Allah has no need of such ونفذ حكمه في جميع العباد لا تمثله العقول بالتفكير ولا توح ولا تتوحمه القلوب بالتصوير and Allah his ruling or his judgments are executed over all of his creatures human or otherwise no one is excluded from the judgments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and likewise concerning specifically concerning the tawheed of asma wa sifat or the names of Allah and his qualities here Imam Ibn Qadami mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cannot be described by any example that the intellect is able to reflect upon or ponder upon and make an example for Allah. Whatever example we make to try to describe Allah, it is unacceptable. And the, the intellect of the human being is not capable of describing Allah by examples nor imagining any image for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in their hearts or in their minds. Because he says in the Quran in Surah Al-Shura, chapter 42, verse 11, Laysa kamithlihi shay'un wahuwa samil basir. That nothing is like him. Nothing is like Allah negating any likeness for him while at the same time affirming wahuwa samil basir that he is the all-hearing, the all-seeing. Many said, Lahu al-asma al-husna wa sifat al-uliya that Allah has the most beautiful names and the highest exalted characteristics. And many mentioned the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from Surah Al-Taha Chapter 20, verses 5 through 7. That Allah is the one who ascended above the throne, and He is the one who possesses whatever is in the heavens, and whatever is on the earth, and whatever is between them, and whatever is under the earth or under the soil. And whoever speaks with a word out loud, then Allah knows that which is secret. If they say it out loud, Allah knows that, and He also knows the secrets. And that which even is more hidden or undetectable than that which is done or said secretly. But he said that, that Allah encompasses everything in his knowledge and his greatness and glory and his ruling or judgment is over all of the creatures and his mercy and knowledge also encompasses everything. I mean Allah's mercy encompasses everything. There is nothing left out from the mercy of Allah. And then he mentioned uh, concerning Allah's knowledge from Surah Al-Taha chapter 20 verse 110. يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَخَلْفَهُمْ وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا That Allah knows whatever is before them and whatever is behind them and He also, يعني, that may also mean the future and the past or what will happen in the next life and what happened in this world and also that the human beings or the creatures, none of the creatures وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِهِ عِلْمًا None of the creatures can encompass Allah in His totality and perfection through their knowledge. Then He says, uh, closing this point about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and specifically this is a rule a very important basic rule of asma wa sifat mawsufun bima wasafa bihi nafsah fi kitabihi al-azim wa ala lisan nabihi al-kareem that he is described 
Allah is to be described. It is proper to describe him by what he has described himself with in his glorious book. Yani Allah should be described by what he has described himself with in his book or what the Prophet Muhammad has described him with in the authentic Sunnah. The second point, Al-Imam Ibn Qudamah mentions concerning the relationship or the responsibility that a believer has towards the ayat of Qur'an or ahadith of the Prophet that contain the mention of any of the names of Allah or the characteristics or qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we should accept it willing submission and total unreserved acceptance of whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with in the Qur'an or what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described him with in authentic hadith Ibn Qudamah says وَكُلُّ مَا جَعَتُ الْقُرْآنِ أَوْ صَحَّ عَلَى الْمُصْطَفَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الرَّحْمَانِ That whatever has come to us in the Qur'an or has been authentically reported from Al-Mustafa, the chosen one, that is Muhammad, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, containing the sifat or the qualities of Ar-Rahman, that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for us, he said, وَجَبَ الْإِمَانِ بِهِ It is obligatory on us to believe in it. وَتَلَقِّهِ بِالتَّسْلِيمِ وَالْقُبُولِ And that we should accept it or receive it with submission, willing submission and qubool, total acceptance. وَتَرْكَ التَّعَرُّدْ لَهُ بِالرَّدْ وَالتَّعْوِيرُ وَالتَّشْبِيرُ وَالتَّمْثِيلُ That we should avoid opening up the way to interpret or to explain or to give any, any meaning to these characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or reject them through these ways that he mentioned, four of them, the ways of the people who deviated, arrad, total rejection of, of something that came in the Qur'an and Sunnah, they said we don't accept it at all. And it, not, not, not only did they, like uh, some of them, they rejected it by reinterpreting it, giving it a new meaning. Rejected its original meaning and giving it a new meaning, which is rejection also. But this arrad, rejection, it means outright total rejection, saying we don't believe, for example, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a face well Allah affirmed for himself in the Qur'an this characteristic but they said no we don't believe that Allah has a face it's not literal nor is it figurative a ta'wil means to reinterpret or to explain it in a way other than the obvious meaning or that which was intended by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a tashbih means to make a comparison or similarity comparing Allah to anything in the creation and a tamthil means to describe Allah by giving an example for him as a description of him but that example is an example from something in the creation and all of these are unacceptable but we should accept whatever Allah has described himself with or what the Prophet has described him with just as it is according to its apparent literal obvious meaning وَمَا أُشْكِلَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ وَجَبَ إِثْبَاتُهُ لَفْظًا and whatever is unclear, what may be difficult for us to understand for whatever reason, whatever is unclear, whether it's due to the fact that the Arabic expression may have more than one meaning, and we are not sure what is the correct meaning, can somebody take those papers? Uh, there are two separate papers, so don't get them mixed up please. One is from last week, and one is for this week. Uh, if the reason why the meaning may be unclear to us is because the Arabic text, the Arabic expression may have more than one meaning or more than one possibility of a meaning or because of our own lack of knowledge or understanding in either case, whenever 
any of the characteristics of Allah, the sifat of Allah came to us and they are unclear to us, then it is obligatory on us to affirm the expression as it is and not to investigate or begin to and use our intellect or imagination to uh, try to find the meaning. But as Ibn Qudama says, وَنَرُدُّ عِلْمَهُ إِلَى قَائِلِهِ وَنَجْعَلُ أُحْدَتَهُ عَلَى نَاقِلِهِ But instead, in those things that are unclear to us, we refer it back to the one who said it. And we refer the meaning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He knows best what it means when we are unsure. And we uh, leave it to the one who transmitted it to us. That is the message of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. اتباعا لطريق الراسخين في العلم الذين أثنى الله عليهم في كتابه المبين بقوله سبحانه وتعالى and this is يعني this way or this manner of understanding the sifat that came in Quran and Sunnah it means following the way of those who are firmly grounded in knowledge those whom Allah سبحانه وتعالى praised in his clear book by his saying الراسخون في العلم يقولون آمنا به كل من عند ربنا that those who are firmly grounded in knowledge, they say we believe in it, all of it is from our Lord. So they accepted that which is clear to them, or that which is unclear to them, they confirm it all. They don't negate anything of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَالَ فِي ذَمْ مُبْتَغِي التَّعْوِيلِ لِمُشَابِهِ تَنْذِينِهِ And he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, blamed, or he said, blaming those who seek to re-explain or to reinterpret with false interpretation, those things which are mutashabi, which are not clear to some of the people in the revelation in the Quran, he said about them, فَأَمَّا الَّذِينَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ زَيْغٌ فَيَتَّبِعُونَ مَا تَشَابَهَ مِنْهُ إِبْتِغَاءَ الْفِتْنَةِ وَبْتِغَاءَ تَأْوِيلِ وَمَا يَعْلَمُ تَأْوِيلَهُ إِلَّا اللَّهِ But as for those who have a disease or an inclination to deviation in their hearts, and they follow that which is unclear يعني from the Quran, seeking fitna, seeking to cause dissension or confusion or leading people astray and seeking to give some explanation to those things that are unclear in the Quran and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them that no one knows the hidden meanings or those things that they want to reinterpret and they want to go deeply into the meaning of something no one knows the hidden meanings except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so Allah has made their seeking after those things which are unclear they seek after the things which are unclear in order to mislead the people, in order to cause deviation, to give their own interpretations to things. This seeking of the unclear matters, this is a sign of deviation, that people want to deviate or they want to lead others astray. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala joined this with uh, another description of those people. He said that they seek fitna, as well as you know, those people who seek to explain the meanings of those things which are unclear, those are the people who seek fitna and he blamed them and he said that there is no way, there is no way for them to give their interpretations because nobody knows the meanings of those things that Allah has kept hidden except himself. Then the Shaykh Muhammad bin Salah gave some uh, explanation concerning this uh, which we discussed in detail last week. Uh, he said that the texts of Quran are divided into two types, that which is uh, wadih, clear and that which is mutashabi uh, or unclear. And concerning that which is clear, it is a necessity that we affirm it. We affirm that text without denying it. We affirm it, we believe in it. Uh, its text, its literal expression as well as its meaning without giving any interpretations, distortions, comparisons, making examples or otherwise. And as for those texts which have the possibility of having more than one meaning or which may be unclear to some of the people, then our responsibility concerning those texts is to refer back to Allah, to refrain from giving our own interpretations 
but to refer back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Messenger of Allah uh, as the scholars of Islam said in those cases where something is unclear to us we say Allahu A'lamu or as the Sahaba radiallahu anhu they used to say Allahu wa Rasuluhu A'lamu then the Shaykh said that the way of the people uh, concerning the unclear or the mutashabiha or the mushkil ayat in the Quran that maybe may not be clear to everyone he said that there are two manners uh, in dealing with them one is to affirm that it is all from Allah and affirm the truthfulness of it even if we don't understand the meaning but we avoid giving our own meanings to it the other way uh, is the way of the za'irina or the za'irun those people who have deviation or zayr or disease in their heart and what they do is they try to give their own interpretations to those things which are unclear to people in order to lead the people away from the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a summary of what we discussed last week and the Shaykh also explained the meaning and ta'wil and tashbih and tamfil which we mentioned already. The third point that the Shaykh mentions today, point number three, or Imam Ibn Qadama mentions today, point number three, uh, he says that and this is concerning some of the uh, some of the statements from some of the early scholars, the well-known scholars from the early generations of the Muslims. And here he quotes from two of the imams of the four imams of the scholars of fiqh. Though their statements here are not related to fiqh, but they are related to aqidah. And this is also a reminder to us that the scholars of the early generations of the Muslims were not limited in their knowledge to one particular science. But those who were scholars of fiqh, such as Al-Imam Malik, and Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i, and Al-Imam Abu Hanifa, and Al-Imam Ahmed, that they were also scholars of the sciences of Islam in general, including not only the science of fiqh, but also most of them were scholars in the field of hadith, and they were also scholars in the Aqidah or the Islamic belief system. And all of them wrote books concerning these matters and we have already discussed the book of Imam Ahmed, Usul Sunnah, one of his books of Aqidah. And we discussed uh, Al-Aqidah Tahawiyah, the book of one of the Hanafi scholars who followed the Madhab of Imam Abu Hanifa. make some definitive statements concerning what is the position of the Ahl Sunnah concerning how to view or how to understand the Nusus or the text of Quran and Sunnah concerning the Sifat or the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Qala al-Imam Abu Abdullah Ahmed ibn Muhammad ibn Hanbal radiallahu anhu fi qawl al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama إن الله ينزل إلى السماء الدنيا وإن الله يرى في القيامة وما أشبه هذه الأحاديث يعني الإمام أبو عبد الله ذريز أحمد بن محمد بن حنبل رضي الله عنه من الله بكليز وثن says concerning the saying of the prophet of Allah محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم that verily Allah descends to the سماء الدنيا to the heaven that is above this world that is above the earth, the lowest heaven, that Allah descends to the Sama'i dunya, 
And as the hadith mentioned concerning this point, that he descends to the lowest heaven, the heaven that is above the earth, in the last third of the night. And concerning the statement also that really Allah will be seen at the time of the resurrection, on the day of resurrection, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be seen. No, Allah would not be seen in this world, but in the next life, Allah would be seen by the believers. And seeing Allah, the seeing of Allah would be one of the favors of Allah or the rewards of Allah in the next life. And other such hadith, meaning hadith concerning the characteristics of Allah, his qualities, descriptions, or his actions. That Allah would be seen, that Allah descends, that Allah ascended above the throne, and so on. And Imam Ahmed said concerning these ayats from, or these hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, and similarly, this is in relation also to the ayats of Quran. But here he's speaking about the hadith. He said, نؤمن بها We believe in these hadith and the characteristics that are contained in them. نؤمن بها ونصدق بها and we confirm the truthfulness of it we believe in it we have iman in it and we also confirm that it is true لا كيف ولا معنى ولا نرد شيئا منها يعني we don't try to explain the how of it we don't say how is Allah's characteristics but we affirm that Allah descends exactly how he descends we know for sure his descending or his ascending or whatever is not like the actions of his creatures not like the ascending or the descending of creatures. So we don't say how it is, only Allah knows how it is. But we believe in it and we confirm that it is truthful without saying how and without wala ma'ana, yani without giving it some meaning contrary or contradictory to the meaning that is understood from its literal obvious meaning in the Arabic language. minha, nor do we reject anything that came to us in such statements in the Quran and the Sunnah and we know that whatever the Prophet brought to us everything that he gave to us or he informed us of in all matters and here specifically we are talking about the sifat or the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whatever the Prophet informed us of in the authentic hadith it is haq, it is true it is reality and we don't refute the message of Allah وسلم, and anything that He has said or brought to us or informed us of, nor do we reject anything that He brought to us. Nor do we describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with more than what He has described Himself with. And these descriptions should be without limits or bounds. And we describe Allah with what He describes Himself with, and we don't add to it anything. We don't add to that description anything. Whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about Himself, and whatever the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said about Him, this is what we say. There is nothing like Him, and He is the hearing, the seeing. Then Imam ibn Qudama rahimahullah says, وَنَقُولُ كَمَا قَالَ and we say, as he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. Whatever Allah said, we say the same thing. We don't change anything, adding or taking from it. We describe him as he described himself. And we don't go beyond that, going beyond the bounds of what he said. We, we stop at that and don't go any further. And we 
are certain that those who describe, who try to describe Allah, who attempt to describe Allah with descriptions other than what Allah describes Himself with, or other than what the Prophet described Him with, that whoever makes any attempt by using their intellect or whatever, their imagination to describe Allah, that those descriptions will never achieve the goal of really describing Allah. That the only way to describe Allah is as Allah has described Himself and as the Messenger of Allah وسلم, who His descriptions are revelation from Allah Taala has described Him. نُؤْمِنُوا بِالْقُرْآنِ كُلِّهِ مُحْكَمِهِ وَمُتَشَابِهِ we believe in the Qur'an, the whole of it, that which is muhkam, those clear and decisive ayats in the Qur'an, as well as that which is mutashabi, that which has the potential or possibility of having more than one meaning and therefore is not clear, and it may not be clear to everyone. We believe in the whole of the Qur'an, that which is decisive and clear, as well as that which, which may be unclear. وَلَا نُزِيلُ أَنْهُ صِفَةً مِنْ صِفَاتِهِ لِشَنَاعَةٍ شنعت أو شنعت and nor do we take away from Allah or decline or deny or reject even one characteristic of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to that characteristic perhaps uh, being um, something difficult for us to accept it may be that it may seem to be something ugly or something distasteful but if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself with it, then we accept it because Allah knows best and we are limited in our intellect and our human comprehension. So even if a particular characteristic may seem to the mind of the human being or to any individual as being something detestable or horrible or ugly as being a description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, still we don't use our mind as a criterion to judge what Allah should be described with. But we describe Allah, we confirm every characteristic which He has confirmed for Himself without rejecting even one of them. And we don't go beyond or outside of the Quran and Hadith to search for understanding the sifat of Allah, the characteristics of Allah, the qualities of Allah, the actions of Allah. We don't go outside of the Quran and Hadith and look for any other means or any other sources, but we take from those sources that are revelation that is the Quran and authentic hadith. وَلَا نَعْلَمُ كَيْفَ كُنْهُ ذَلِكْ إِلَّا بِتَثْبِيكَ الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَالتَّثْبِيكَ الْقُرْآنِ And finally he closes here by saying that we do not know the how or the kun, the reality, the core, the true nature of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except by confirming the truthfulness of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what he brought and also affirming and confirming that which came in the Qur'an yani, the reality the essence the core the true nature of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we cannot know it but whatever we know about it it is only by affirming the truthfulness of what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi brought us and what the Qur'an uh, related to us these are the sources to know Whatever we may know about the reality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his characteristics to the extent that a human being is capable of knowing such. <coughs> Shaykh Muhammad ibn Sayyid al Faymeen uh, says concerning this first point or this uh, point number three concerning the statement of Imam Ahmed, uh, he said, that 
The negation of Al-Imam Ahmed in this statement where he said that we believe in whatever came to us in the authentic hadith of the Sifat of Allah, we confirm the truthfulness of it and we don't say how it is, nor do we give it a meaning. Wala ma'ana. It doesn't mean that we don't give it any meaning. Those Sifat have meaning. But here the meaning, uh, what he intends by la ma'ana, no meaning, it doesn't mean that these Sifat have no meaning, but it means that we don't give it any meaning. That is in contradiction to the apparent that is in contradiction to the apparent or literal meaning of that characteristic as it came in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah. And we don't do as those who deviated, such as the Mu'attila or the Mu'awwila, we don't do as they did, making ta'atil or ta'wil, either negating the real meaning or giving it a new interpretation or explanation other than its apparent literal meaning. We don't do so. But the meaning that we affirm is the, meaning, the literal meaning as it is understood in the Arabic language. And the proof that this is the meaning of what he means here is after he said la kayf wa la ma'ana that we don't say the how of it nor do we give it a meaning meaning a meaning contrary to its literal meaning he said wa la naruddu shay'an minha and we don't reject anything of what came to us in the Qur'an or in the authentic Sunnah meaning that we accept it, we confirm it and uh, we confirm that it has a meaning even though the how of that meaning is known only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> then the Shaykh says that this statement of Al-Imam Ahmed that has been transmitted to us by Ibn Qudama rahimahullah that this statement contains three main points. The first of them is that uh, it is obligatory on us to have faith and to confirm the truthfulness of whatever has been narrated to us from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith related to the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is obligatory on us to believe in it and to confirm the truthfulness of it without adding to it anything or taking anything from it or giving it limits or bounds, but leaving it in its absolute sense just as it came to us. The second point that we don't explain the how of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have to keep in mind that just as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists and Allah, His being or His self is divine, so also His descriptions or characteristics or actions are also divine. And just as we know that Allah exists, that Allah is the divine supreme being, just as we know He exists and He is divine, and we don't know, we cannot explain how is Allah's existence. We cannot give an explanation of the how of it. Likewise, we cannot give an explanation of the how of His characteristics or His qualities or His actions. We just affirm that Allah is divine. How is His existence? We don't know. We affirm that Allah's characteristics are divine and perfect. The how of them, we don't know. But we just understand the meaning as they came to us the literal apparent meaning as they came to us in the Arabic language. So here the Shaykh says that we don't say the how, nor do we give it any other meaning, any other than its apparent literal meaning. Uh, because he said it is confirmed, Allah's characteristics are confirmed as being true. If they are narrated in the Quran, then we confirm them as being true. Uh, but we don't try to explain the how because the how of the characteristics of Allah is known only to him as Al-Imam Malik Rahimahullah said 
when he was asked about Allah's ascension above the throne and he said Al-Istawa ma'alum that the ascension is known yani its meaning in the language its apparent meaning is known well case majhul but the how of it is unknown yani the reality of Allah's ascension exactly how it is it is in a divine way that's known only to him but to believe in it is obligatory and to question it is innovation <coughs> uh, then he says concerning the same point that wala ma'ana that we don't give it any meaning it means we don't confirm for any meaning that is contrary to its apparent meaning as did the people who made ta'wil who gave the explanations uh, but the intended meaning here of Imam Ahmed is not that we negate the authentic meaning which is in accordance or in agreement with what is known uh, by the expression in Arabic language and as it has been explained by the Prophet وسلم, or explained by the Sahaba or those who yani, transmitted from them then he says the third point that is understood from the statement of Imam Ahmed is that it is obligatory on us to believe in the Qur'an, the whole of it the muhkam, that which is decisive and clear as well as the mutashabih, that which may be difficult to understand its meaning yani we believe in all of it, we accept both types, muhkam and mutashabih but as for the mutashabih, that which may be unclear, we refer it back to the muhkam, that which is clear yani if there is an ayah in the Qur'an in general that may not be clear to us then we understand it by other ayats in the, in the Qur'an that are very clear and if there is anything related to the sifat of Allah that may be unclear then we refer back to other uh, descriptions in the Qur'an or other ayats in the Qur'an or descriptions from the Sunnah that clarify its meaning and we understand it in that way it is obligatory on us even in reference to those things that we don't understand completely it is obligatory on us to believe in it to affirm uh, the, that which is narrated to us in the text but as for the meaning uh, that we are not able to understand we say that Allah knows best and Allah is the one who understands it perfectly point number four Imam Ibn Qudam rahimahullah says he narrates a second statement the statement of Imam Shafi'i qala al-Imam Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i radiyallahu anhu al-Imam Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Idris al-Shafi'i the famous scholar of fiqh the Shafi'i madhab of Islamic jurisprudence and he was also a scholar of hadith al-Imam al-Shafi'i says amantu billahi wa bima ja'a alillahi ala muradillah but I believe in Allah and also I believe in whatever has come to us from Allah yani whatever has been transmitted to us from Allah that is in the Quran ala muradillah as in accordance with the meaning that Allah intended not giving it new meanings but we believe in Allah and part of our belief in Allah is believing in whatever Allah informed us of in the Quran but believing in what Allah informed us of in the Qur'an has to be in agreement and in accordance with the meaning that was intended by Allah not giving it some new meaning not giving it a different meaning contrary to what was understood by the Prophet and his companions وَأَمَنْتُ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَبِمَا جَعَ عَنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ عَلَى مُرَادِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم 
And I believe in the Messenger of Allah and whatever or everything that has come to us from the Messenger of Allah in accordance with the meaning that was intended by the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Not giving it some other meaning that's fine to the text or the Arabic uh, understanding, nor fine to the uh, things that are known concerning this matter in the Qur'an or in the Sunnah and that have been accepted and established by from the first generations of the Muslims from the time of Sahaba until now by those people of the Ahl Sunnah Jama'ah yeah, we accept whatever came in the Qur'an and whatever came in the Sunnah but we have to accept it with the meaning that is in agreement or is in accordance with its literal uh, understanding as it was intended by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here <coughs> he quotes the statement uh, of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah saying that what al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah has said it is indeed the truth which is obligatory on every Muslim to believe likewise and what al-Imam al-Shafi'i says here is a principle that every Muslim is obligated to accept and to follow and whoever believes it as Imam al-Shafi'i said and whoever believes in whatever came in the Quran and the Sunnah as it was intended by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam whoever believes in that without following their claim to believe in it with following it without following it with a statement that contradicts it and whoever says I believe in what Allah said in the Quran and what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in the authentic hadith and then does not follow up that by a statement contradicting it some people said we believe in the Quran and then when you bring them something in the Quran they give it a new interpretation or they say that which contradicts it but whoever says they believe in it as it came as Allah intended it and as the Messenger of Allah وسلم, intended it then that person <coughs> has traveled the road of safety the road of safety and security in this world and in the next life and whoever follows this minhaj or this methodology they will be safe they will be safe from saying something about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they will be called to account for that they will be judged by Allah for and they will be saved from this if you said I believe in what Allah said in the Quran just as he intended it without giving any meaning for myself and I believe in what the Prophet said in authentic hadith as he intended it without giving any meaning for myself then you will be safe you will be safe and secure but when you start giving your own interpretations this is when uh, the person deviates and this is when they fall into danger of earning the displeasure of Allah and the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymeen in his commentary concerning this statement of Al-Imam al-Shafi'i rahimahullah says that the statement of Imam al-Shafi'i contains two points. The first of them is that we have to have iman or faith in whatever has come to us from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his clear book as it was intended by Allah without adding anything to it nor taking anything from it, nor changing it or distorting it in any way. Without adding to it, taking from it, or distorting it in any way. It is upon us to believe in it, as it came to us in Allah's clear book, as He intended it, without making any changes. The second point is having iman or faith in what has come to us from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in His Sunnah, as He intended it without adding to it anything from ourselves nor taking anything from what he informed us of nor without distorting it or changing what he said in any way 
Here the Shaykh said, Shaykh Muhammad said that this statement of Imam al-Shafi is a refutation of the people of Ta'wil, the people who gave reinterpretation and it is also a refutation against the people who made tamthil, who gave examples to describe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani from examples of something in the creation. Because each of these two groups, those who gave re-explanation, yani rejecting the literal meaning and giving it their own interpretation, or those who explained the sifat of Allah by giving an example from something in the creation, both of these people have not believed in what has come to us from Allah and from the Messenger of Allah وسلم, as it was intended by Allah and by His Prophet Muhammad Because the people of Ta'wil, they have rejected something. They have reduced what Allah has said by taking its literal meaning out and putting some other meaning there. And the people of Tamthil, they have given their own additional interpretation by comparing or describing or explaining the sifat of Allah by examples of something in the creation. And as we said last week, that whoever makes a comparison, whether a similar, by making, uh, saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's characteristics are similar to anything in the creation, or by giving an example of something in the creation, in either way, they have compared Allah to something in the creation, and the creation is defective, is imperfect. That means that we are attributing or ascribing to Allah imperfection. And this is kufr. It is kufr to describe or to ascribe to Allah imperfection. And in making comparison or in giving examples of anything in the creation for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is uh, attributing to Allah imperfection. And just as reinterpretation or false interpreting, falsely interpreting the attributes or the characteristics or qualities of Allah, it is also uh, a means of denial or rejection of what Allah has confirmed for Himself, and this is also kufr. Although we said that reinterpretation of ta'wil has different types, uh, and if that reinterpretation is based on a possible meaning in Arabic language, then it is sinful, but it is not outright kufr, unless the interpretation that's given contains a description that interpretation, that reinterpretation as given contains a description of an imperfection for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then that would be kufr. Otherwise, if it has a possible meaning in the Arabic language, then it is sinful to do so. If it is other than the literal meaning as Allah intended it, but it is not kufr. Whereas the one who gives an interpretation uh, due to his ijtihad, and he making sincere effort to understand and he makes a mistake, but if his mistake was brought to his attention and then he would reject his error and, and accept the truth, then that is, I mean, the person who does so is forgiven. While the one who just gives an interpretation of the ayahs of Qur'an that contain the sifat of Allah, who give an interpretation that has no basis even in the Arabic language, when this is outright open rejection of the sifat of Allah or the ayahs of Qur'an, and it is outright an, an act of kufr. Uh, the last statement in this section of Al-Imam Ibn Qudama, it is the saying, he's saying, وَعَلَى هَذَا دَرَجَ السَّلَفِ وَإِمَّةِ الْخَلَفِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ كُلُّهُمْ مُتَّفِقُونَ عَلَى الْإِقْرَارِ وَالْإِمْرَارِ وَالْإِثْبَاتِ لِمَا وَرَدَ مِنَ السِّفَاتِ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَسُنَّةِ رَسُولِهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير تعرض لتأويله. Here, uh, the Shaykh says 
that this methodology or this minhaj or this manner was the way of the Salaf that is the early generations of the Muslims and it was also the way of the Imams of the Khalaf and the later generations of the Muslims the Salaf, it means Salaf, salaf means to precede something and Khalaf means to come behind just as you any, uh, say the Khalifa the Khalifa is the one who came after someone it means to come after so those of the early generation of the Muslims as well as the later the Imams of the later generation of the Muslims may Allah be pleased with all of them they were all in agreement upon the uh, approaching the ayat and hadith of sifat in this way by making iqrar or uh, affirming or testifying or uh, agreeing to the literal meanings of the text that came in the Quran and sunnah uh, confessing to their literal meaning admitting their literal meaning and making imrar it means to pass over it without making any interpretation or distortion or comparison but to accept it on its surface meaning any ayat or hadith that came with the sifat of Allah to make imra it means to accept it on its face value to accept it just as it is without any reinterpretation but it's bad uh, it means to confirm or to affirm that which came uh, in the ayat of Quran or in the hadith of the Prophet concerning the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without opening these matters up for reinterpretation and when anything came in the Quran and Sunnah then we admit and confess to its being true we accept it just as it is and we confirm all of it without rejecting any of it Here the Shaykh says that the way of the early generation of the Muslims concerning the sifat of Allah is al-iqrar wal-ithbat confession and confirmation whatever has been narrated of the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran and the Sunnah without opening it up for reinterpretation or giving it any explanation which is not in agreement with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rest of Allah intended uh, there's also just a rahimahullah uh, in which he said lillahi ta'ala asma wa sifat la yasa'a ahadan qamat alayhi al-hujja radduha that Allah has names and characteristics which it is not permissible for anyone to reject after the evidences have been brought to them and after the hujjah has been presented to them that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knowledge of everything no one can say for example that Allah doesn't know the actions of the creatures until they do it as the Qadariya did they said Allah doesn't know the actions of the human beings until they do those actions but if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that he is al-alim who ala kulli shayin alim then that means he knows everything <coughs> whoever after the proofs of Quran and Sunnah have been prevent, presented to them and he rejects any of the sifat of Allah, the names of Allah, the characters of Allah whoever rejects it then this person and he has went out of the bounds 
And Imam Shafi said that it is that Allah has names and characteristics which no one, it is not permissible for anyone to reject after the proofs have been presented to them. And this is also a point for us to keep in mind that uh, people should not be criticized harshly, condemned, or declared to be kafirs or whatever. And proofs have not been presented to them. But people should be given a chance. If anyone makes a statement that's incorrect, they should be given evidences of the incorrectness of their statement. Or if they do any action or commit any act which is incorrect, they should be given evidences and proofs showing them that what they have done is incorrect before making a judgment. Now the judgment shouldn't be made on people before proofs have been presented to them. Perhaps the people did something not knowing, out of ignorance. Then the judgment is not made until proofs have been presented. Imam Shafi went on to say, فَإِنْ خَالَفَ بَعْدَ ثُبُوتَ الْحُجَّ عَلَيْهِ فَهُوَ كَافِرٌ فَأَمَّا قَبْلَ الثُبُوتَ الْحُجَّ عَلَيْهِ فَمَا أَذُورُ بِالْجَحَلِ يعني that whoever opposes or contradicts the truth after the hujjah has been presented against them after the proofs have been established against them whoever continues to reject it after that فَهُوَ كَافِرٌ and that person is a disbeliever. As for before the proofs have been presented against that person, then that person is excused due to ignorance. That means the people who didn't know are excused due to ignorance. But after the proofs are presented, if they continue to follow that path, to make that statement, or to hold those beliefs, or continue to do engage in that action after the proofs have been presented, then that person falls into يعني, the according to what the act is, if it's an act of kufr or otherwise then it would be applicable to them. But only after the proofs, before the proofs have been presented, the person is excused due to ignorance. He says, and Imam Shafi, Allah says, the reason for this, because the knowledge of the sifat of Allah specifically and the characteristics of Allah and the names of Allah is not something that a person could come to know just by their intellect. It's not something that you know by intellect, nor do you come to know it by vision or dreams or reflection or thinking or pondering. But the sifat of Allah is known and confirmed by revelation. It's confirmed by revelation, by Quran or by authentic sunnah of the Prophet So the person who didn't know about it, they are excused due to ignorance. But after the proofs have been presented, then they are accountable for their statement or their position. وَيُثْبِتْ هَذِهِ الصِّفَاتِ وَيُنْفِي عَنْهَا التَّشْبِيهِ كَمَا نَفَى عَنْ نَفْسِهِ لَيْسْكَ مِثْلِ شَيْءٍ مُسْلِمٍ بَصِيرٍ يعني Imam Shafi closed his statement by saying that the sifat of Allah, that they are confirmed. They should be confirmed. Whenever any a sifa or characteristic of Allah has been mentioned in the Quran or Sunnah, then we have to confirm it. And at the same time, while we confirm it, we have to negate any comparison to anything in the, cre- in the uh, creation. And here, Imam Shafi says that there are two things that we have to make isbat and we have to make nafi. Isbat, meaning confirming what Allah has mentioned about Himself. And negation or nafi meaning negating any comparison. We confirm that Allah has a hand 
and we negate that his hand is similar to the hands of creatures. So we have to make isbat of the sifat or the sifa, and we also have to make negation of any comparison. Both of these go together. Then he closed his statement. Uh, Imam Shafi says, we make isbat of the sifat, and we make negation of any tashbih or comparison as Allah negated from himself in his statement, Laysa Kamithri Shayn Husamin Basir. And you can see that this statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that nothing is like him, but he is the hearing and the seeing, is used over and over by all of the scholars of Islam, which is a proof of the, the, the strength of this proof. It is so strong that all of the scholars continuously mention this as a proof of confirmation of Allah's sifat and negation of any likeness or comparison. <coughs> This is the end of what we wanted to mention today. The next chapter is concerning uh, the encouragement to accept and follow the sunnah and the warning against innovation. But that chapter is somewhat lengthy, so it's not possible to cover it today. Uh, perhaps we can take this time to take any questions from this lecture today or from last week or the previous lectures if there are any questions or comments or corrections. <coughs> If the sisters have any questions, you can send them over. Brothers, do you have any uh, questions about what we discussed today? It's clear, huh? MashaAllah. Tayyib. Tayyib. And perhaps we'll just take one point then. It's not included in the handout, but if there are no questions, we should use the time until the Adhan. There's a few minutes really before the Adhan, isn't it? Okay, we'll take one point, at least, anyway. Uh, and Imam Ibn Qudam in point number six, concerning the encouragement of following the Sunnah and avoiding innovation, he says, وَقَدْ عُمِرْنَا بِالْإِكْتِسَاءُ إِقْتِدَاء لِآثَارِهِمْ وَإِحْتِدَاء بِمَنَارِهِمْ وَحُذِرْنَا الْمُحْتَفَاتِ وَأُخْبِرْنَا أَنَّهَا مِنَ الضَّلَالَاتِ And we have been commanded to follow in the footsteps or the traces of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and his Sahaba, his companions, and to follow their example, and to follow the guidance of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, and that guidance which we found in the example or in the lives of his companions, we have been commanded to follow their way, to follow in their footsteps, and to take their example or their model as a way for us. And we have been warned, Al-Muhtazat, we have been warned against newly invented matters. And keep in mind that these statements are general, but here, Al-Imam Ibn Qudama is specifically relating it to the t- topic of Tawheed Al-Asma wa Sifat. In the Tawheed Al-Asma wa Sifat, we should follow the example and the way and the model of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's companions, Radiallahu Al-Majma'in, and we should be warned against newly invented ways. Any, any idea or understanding or interpretation that's not from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sahaba then we should be warned against these muhtadat muhtadat newly invented matters and we have been informed that all muhtadat that all newly invented matters are dalalat they are astray everything that's new that's not founded in the understanding or the speech that came from the Qur'an or from the Sunnah or the understanding of the companions of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam all of it is dalalat it is all astray no matter how good it may sound no matter how fair seeming it may be according to our intellect but if it isn't something that was established and confirmed in the Qur'an and Sunnah 
and the understanding of the Sahaba, it only leads astray. فَقَالَ نَبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ عَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّةِ وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَحْدِينَ مِنْ بَعْدِي Because the proof of this is that the Muslim, the Prophet said, it is obligatory on you to follow my sunnah. And the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa, khalifas. It is obligatory to follow my sunnah and the sunnah of the rightly guided khalifas who will come after me. That is Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali, radiallahu anhu majma'in. Addu alayha bin nawajiz. You should hold fast to it. Like the example he gave here, biting on it with your mola teeth. Biting onto it, holding something tightly, that is the sunnah. And beware of every newly invented matter. For every newly invented matter is innovation. And every innovation is astray. And in some of the narration of this hadith, the Prophet said, and every فضل, every innovation is going astray and every thing that goes astray leads to the hellfire. This hadith is sufficient for us to know of the danger of accepting innovations in the matters of the deen, especially in the matters of aqidah, though even in the matters of ibadah, of worship or muamalat, interactions, social or business interactions, even in those matters, innovations in matters of deen are dangerous and they should be avoided. Are you looking for Arabic class? It will start after, at 8 o'clock maybe. You are welcome. <coughs> Here, the Shaykh just mentioned briefly uh, concerning this point, that following them or taking them as a model and example is obligatory because of the statement of the Prophet This statement that is obligatory on you to follow my sunnah and the sunnah of the right guy. The is after me, hold on to it tightly like with your mola teeth and beware of newly invented matters for every newly invented matters innovation and every innovation is astray. This hadith reported by Imam Ahmad and Abu Dawood and Tirmidhi and Al-Tirmidhi said the hadith is Hassan Sahih and it is a good and authentic hadith and the Shaykh Al-Albani Rahimahullah said that that hadith is authentic and many other scholars also uh, classified it as being authentic so this is the proof that is obligatory on us to follow the summon of great innovation and here the Shaykh just gives the, the, the legal or the linguistic definition of sunnah it means a tariqa or the way and the istilah or mustalah meaning, technical meaning of sunnah, it means that which the Prophet ﷺ and his companions were upon. That the way that they follow, whether in aqidah beliefs or in amal actions. And if the sunnah means following the way of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions in beliefs as well as in actions. Following the sunnah is obligatory based on the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Ahzab, verse 21, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرَةِ And that definitely you have in the Messenger of Allah the most excellent example or model or pattern of conduct for whoever has hope of Allah in the last day. Whoever has hope in the reward of Allah and meeting Allah on Yawm Qiyamah on the last day. Then the example for us is the Messenger of Allah. This is the proof 
of the obligation of following the Sunnah of the Prophet and the proof of following the example of his companions is the Hadith Alaykum bi Sunnati wa Sunnati al-Khulafa al-Rashidin al-Nahdiyin min ba'di that is obligatory to follow my Sunnah and the Sunnah of the right legal Khalifas as for al-Bid'ah linguistically it means something that has been newly invented a shay al-Muhtatha the technical meaning of Bid'ah ma uhtatha في الدين على خلاف ما كان عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وأصحابه من عقيدة أو عمل. That bid'a is technical meaning is anything that has been newly invented in the deen, while it is in contradiction to that which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and his companions were upon, whether it is in beliefs or in actions. And it is haram to accept innovation or to follow any way that is in contradiction to the way of the Prophet and his companions and the proof of this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Nisa chapter 4 verse 115 that whoever contradicts or opposes the Messenger of Allah وسلم, after the huda, the guidance has been made clear to him and after the proofs have been presented and the guidance has been made clear whoever opposes the Prophet وسلم, after that and follows a way other than the way of the mu'mineen, the believers. Other than the way of the believers, when the Qur'an was revealed there were no believers except a sahaba. The meaning of other than the way of the believers, it means whoever follows other than the way of sahaba. Whoever contradicts the way of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, after the huda, the guidance has been made clear to them, and follows a way other than the way of the sahaba, sabeel al-mu'mineen, nuwallihi ma tawalla. Then we will turn him to that which he turns himself. وَمُسْلِهِ جَهَنَّمْ And we will cause him to enter the hellfire وَسَاعَتْ مَفِيرًا And evil is it as a destination And in this ayah is a proof that it is haram to follow innovation or that which is in contradiction to the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions وَيَتَّبِعْ غَيْرَ السَّبِيلِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Whoever follows other than the way of believers then Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said that he will turn them to that which they turn themselves and he will cause them to enter the hellfire and evil is it as a destination and also the saying of the Prophet الأمور, and beware of every newly invented matter for every newly invented matter is bid'ah innovation and every innovation is astray this is the proof that innovations that is not allowed for us to follow innovations innovations lead astray and whoever goes astray goes into the hellfire سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت استغفرك وأتوب إليك. If there are any comments or questions, has the Adam been called? I didn't hear the Adam. Okay, maybe we'll take just a moment if there's any clarification or any question or comment while we are waiting for the Adam. Ma'am? The last ayat is mentioned in Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, Inshallah, next week we will continue with this chapter, the chapter of encouragement of following the Sunnah and avoiding innovation. Uh, and Inshallah, perhaps if we complete it next week, then we will go on to the next chapter, which is the chapter of the some of the ayat of Quran, which contain the descriptions or characteristics or qualities of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala which is followed by the chapter of some of the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that contain qualities or descriptions or characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.